Hey everyone, welcome back to Rocky Unscripted, where we talk about faith when Sunday is over. I'm sitting with some friends here and some guests, and we are talking about Enneagram <laughs> 8. Okay? Who's, who's, not, who's not your friend? Oh, it's not important. Who's not your friend here? That's not, a, that's oh, not okay. important. Okay. That's not important. Okay. But uh, today we, are, we have brought back both Matt and Amanda to join Mitch. And uh, well, good to see you again, Mitch. It's been a while. What's up? What's up, Nick? <laughs> We're are talking you, about type eights. You're, you're channeling. <laughs> wow. Are you you're channeling trying to Matt get Cody? all puffed up? Yeah, yeah. I recognize the impression. Did you do I'm some ready. push-ups before the I episode? Did. <laughs> talking like Amanda, huh? <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, Amanda, <laughs> Matt, it's been how long has it been since you've been on, on the podcast? Mm, probably about two years. I was going to look it up, but then I realized <laughs> I wasn't last quite time interested was enough to actually find those. those last facts. time I was here, it was in a different room, much darker. No, maybe I did one in here. Did you have a camera on you last Matt, time? Matt, we, no we cameras, did. Which I don't like what's happening with these I think we've done right six months of episodes in this room. Nick doesn't even look at me. He's just looking at that He's camera. He's looking at his camera. That, was just, in, that was just the intro of the yeah, show. Makes me feel like I'm not even here. <laughs> sometimes, I wish, sometimes I wish you were. I just kind of look right at my camera yeah. the whole time. <laughs> um, did you listen to the episode, the, the, our very last episode with Vanessa? No. Okay, good. Because we, we, we talk about you. She's, she told me. Did oh, she? She, uh-huh. she was like, hey, you need to know. She we, said, we all said you weren't very good. Well, I said, how did it go? And she was told me about the story about the roofers next door. And she was very concerned about that. Oh, no, it was perfect. And then she said, hey, just so you know, Nick and Amanda said some mean things about you. And I yeah. said, all right, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It kind of had We kind of had to. How I do say you mean not? things about you guys, too. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You need a podcast, though. <laughs> yeah. So some of yeah, you are yeah. wondering, why is this episode feel so different? One, it's because Matt and Amanda, you guys have been on the show, I don't know, 500 times each. So you're very comfortable, <laughs> too comfortable in some, in some parts. <laughs> and then also, also, we are talking about Enneagram 8s. And Enneagram 8s are very, 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 very confident, right? That is true. So they bring this confidence <laughs> into, I don't know, everything. Um, but we're we're excited to to dive in to the conversation. Like, you look that excited. That was like the nicest way you could say that. But you still said it in a way that didn't seem very nice. <laughs> Ooh, so passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, that was good. We, we already went through that yeah, with yeah, yeah. Sixes, sixes and yeah. maybe, we, maybe we'll get to it with nines. Oh, we will. Yeah. Okay, good. For sure. Good. So today, b- before we dive in, I, I'm just curious from you guys. I know how you found the Enneagram, at least I think, because we all went through it as a staff. I think that's how you found it. But mm-hmm. can you just talk about your experience, like finding out you were an Enneagram 8? What was that like? How'd you find out and how did it sit with you? Um, we did, we did the Enneagram as a lead team. Like a test. Yeah. The first time that I really knew about the Enneagram. I'm curious though, did they, did, did you think you were an eight from the beginning? Yes. Because that was not my story. I, I originally, because when we did that lead team, met with that guy. What did you think you were? Well, I tested out as a seven and I didn't know anything about the Enneagram. So I'm like, oh sweet, I'm a seven. And then so I you did it. sound fun. Yeah. You did an assessment. <laughs> I like adventure. Did it say seven's your top and mm-hmm. it was just clear? Yeah. Okay. I didn't, and I don't even remember maybe where eight was underneath that, but then, you know, went and met with him, came back to lead team. And then I, I think that guy was leading the, and he was like, Hey, we're trying to figure out where, where Matt might be. And he was asking the team questions. Mm-hmm. Like, is he more like this or like this? And then everything was like, Oh, he's not that. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's an eight. Yeah. And that was kind of the first moment that I was like, oh, 
And I knew nothing about the eight. And I, I would, you know, I, I think there's probably some people that know you guys. I'm like, oh, you know, if they hear the descriptions of the Enneagrams, uh, the, the different types, they might say, oh, eight. Yeah, I totally see it. But I can also see this. Amanda, you were in a role, several roles for years where you weren't the main leader. You weren't the main decision maker. I mean, obviously you had responsibility. So I could see how it may surprise some people. And then Matt, I know that you're not the kind, I was joking that you bring that confidence into every room. You're also very content to sit back mm-hmm. and let others lead, lead a meeting, lead the show. You don't have to be <laughs> the one. <laughs> and I don't know if the camera caught that, but Matt just pointed at Amanda. So I could see where, you know, there, there still needs to be some of that like exploration to figure out what is the, the type that resonates most. Sure. Yeah. So, okay, Mitch, why don't you give us kind of that overview picture Mm -hmm. of just the Enneagram 8 as a a whole? Yeah. So, and I would love to hear what you guys think about this and like if you would add anything to this. Um, But the general motivation is really just to be strong and and to avoid feeling vulnerable. Um, Amanda, we we actually had a conversation a little bit about that. We did. A couple days ago. So anyway. I told you how much I hate vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really this, that, that avoidance of that, um, in terms of like what you, what it's typically focus on, uh, they want to make sure that nobody is controlling them. Um, they pay attention to solutions and results. And so it, they, Enneagram eights typically like to have this macro view and macro control, but then if things aren't going the way they view, they're not getting the solutions or the results they want. They can become get into the micro side of it and become more micromanaging to try to control the solutions and the outcomes and the results of those things. And then um, they really focus on their efforts in expanding to expand their influence. They want to have a wide range of influence and control around them. Um, And then the worldview, the way they show up in the world, is that they see the world as a tough and unjust place in which only the strong survive and good things happen to those that take control and seize, um, seize that control. And kind of like threes, threes have a, this like you're, there's the, the world is made up of two types of people, winners and losers. Um, the Enneagram eights have this same, kind of a similar uh, view of the world of like, hey, there's they're strong, and then there's weak, and I'm going to choose to be strong, and um, and push away and push down that vulnerability. So, in a really quick nutshell, that's kind of the, the motivation, the focus, and kind of the, the worldview of an eight. How does that resonate with you guys? Sit with you? Would you add anything with that? Uh, no, it's pretty much. I mean, I resonate with all of those things, unfortunately, that you said. Yeah. So I'm curious, I, you say you resonate with, is there anything that you're like, eh, not so much? Mm, not really. I mean, definitely don't tolerate weakness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not tolerate. That's not fair. No, that's probably fair. Yeah. It, I don't like weakness and I don't like weakness in myself. I don't like it in others. Mm. I mean, we have this joke at our house. Somebody asked Dee the other day, he has to get a knee replacement again. And they're like, how's that going to go for you? And he's like, well, 18 years ago, it would have gone very different than now. Like, I'm no longer sick. It's a miracle. Like, you get married for 29 years. And he's just like, you just not weak because it's not worth it. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. And the part about control, definitely. I like to be in control. Everybody in the room can, can agree with that. Um, I don't like vulnerability. 
we had this conversation the other day, Mitch and I, about vulnerability, and I was physically uncomfortable. I'm like going uh-huh. to the door five times. I want to leave. <laughs> I think that's some of my, when I'm done with a conversation, if it's going to a certain spot, I'm like, I'm good. I'm out. Mm-hmm. See you later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And no, that's based no on vulnerability? On. Yeah, like we're going, oh. going too far, going too deep in this conversation, going, mm-hmm. this feels too vulnerable, like, good. See you mm-hmm. later. Gotcha. Okay. What about you, Matt? Yeah, definitely the vulnerability piece. Maybe even more specifically, a sense of like, um, you you can't hurt me, but even mm-hmm. more so if you did, I'd never tell you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's definitely a big piece that hasn't served me well throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that idea with just relationships and friendships, but I think that's a big part for sure. I mean, anti-vulnerability and really have trouble. Even like um, explaining that to people, like how they're like, well, why is that, you know, why is that such a big deal? And it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just, I feel so uncomfortable in my own skin. I feel, might as well just be naked. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. Mm-hmm. You know? When you're vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel so uncomfortable. Um, so that's a big piece. The, the being in, being in control deal, I think for me, it's more of um, I'm okay not being in charge. But if the person in charge is doing a bad job, then I want to be in charge. There's something in me that wants to kick in and go, let me take this. Do you, and do you just assert yourself in it and, and almost just take it? Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. If it's just like, hey, this isn't working or it's chaotic, then there's something in me that's, it just is hard to sit there and watch it, mm-hmm. watch it burn. Mm-hmm. But if the person who's in charge is doing it, pff, great. It's go for it. It's like, I mean, like, I'll take I'll take this one off. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't feel like I have to, but if it's not going well, then there's something means like I got to get in here because this is not going, this is not going well. Mm-hmm. So where have you seen the positive sides of being Enneagram eight? Where, where has that been helpful? Cause it's easy to, to talk about the things that are like, Oh, this has got me in trouble or this is, you know, but, but what are the, the, the spots? What are the areas that's like, this is great. You know, for me, I think it's, hey, we can move things forward. Um, we bring we bring, bring energy to, hey, I want to be involved in discussions that are have a lot of impact. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I, I, for me, that's super enjoyable. I'm not so much in the details. I'm, I'm kind of cruising at 30,000 feet mm-hmm. and seeing where we're going and want to make sure we keep going in that direction and what are we going to do and handling really big big things. I, I feel like I've learned to delegate well over the years and getting out of the way of things and, and really taking on things that I know, Hey, this is my sweet spot. This I do well. And there's other people who do these other things really well. And, um, so yeah, I think there's just that there's a a passion, there's an urgency, there's a, we got to keep going. You know, I feel like eights, our pace is usually pretty fast compared to other folks. And I think there's times when that's really good. Yeah. And then there's times I can not be so good. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think we're at, we're kind of the ones out, out front, maybe a little bit more and going, come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. We got to go. Would you agree, Amanda? Yeah, I mean, or what would you add? Um, definitely the pace thing, getting things done. Um, I think not afraid to make decisions and probably not overthinking, but the decision-making process a lot. Just like, okay, I think I've got the facts, got what I need. I'm going to make a decision. Um. So yeah, the pace thing. Would you say it's more of like this gut decision? You like you almost know what the answer is, so you just do it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's not like I don't need to process this thing. I just like I just know. And I'm not where I mean, I think as an eight, you're not evaluating a bunch of feelings of like, how's this gonna make so and so feel? Or how's this gonna it's like no, like this is the right decision, have the information I need, like I said, and you're just you're moving forward confidently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um in a decision. I think in conflict situations also, um, don't really shy away from conflict. I mean, I'm not looking for it but I'm not afraid of it or to approach the situation. So I think that's healthy, um, you know, in an organization or like, Hey, we say what needs to be said, hopefully, um, through growth with a balance of grace and truth, but still saying like, Hey, this is what needs to be said. This is how we move forward. It's part of that moving forward pace Mm -hmm. process. I think you're not spending a lot of energy sideways of worrying about what other people are thinking or feeling or, Mm -hmm. and that can be negative or positive, but I think it can move you forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, one of the other things I've read about eights, and I would love to know if you guys feel like this is true, especially in leadership positions, it's almost like you know um, how to get the right people in the right positions to move forward. You have almost like a leadership barometer as well as like, hey, I got this person in this position, and now I can trust them to go move. They're going to help me accomplish this mission, but I don't have to constantly be on them all the time. And if I do, then there's going to be need to be a change. Yes. I mean, I can definitely very much resonate with that. I mean, put the right person in the right position and I don't, I don't want to micromanage them. Don't feel too like, I want to enable you to go do your job, do it right. I'm confident of that. Go. Mm -hmm. Um, In that regard, I could see, and I've seen you guys play this role, but but you are on staff. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing people that are leading organizations or businesses. I I could see an eight being uh, someone who would be great to bring in to say, help me identify the problem and point me in the, in the direction to fix it. Because I think you guys, that's that's something I've noticed in you. You you can be in a meeting and be like, hey, this this situation, this circumstance is not good. Um, I don't have all the details on how we should fix it, but I think we should do this or this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's succinct and it's identified like that. Yeah, I think like before I knew anything about Enneagram, I would have said something like, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty good at reading people. Mm. I can read people. In fact, if I have trouble reading someone, it really freaks me out because <laughs> it doesn't happen often. So if you have trouble, do you find do you find that over time you were right or you were wrong? I just think it's a red flag. Gotcha. I create distance yeah. because it doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't read you. So I'm, I'm, we're not going to hang out. It's almost like, hey, I could be vulnerable if I get too close to this person. Yeah, so just, now I'm just going to put them away. Yeah. I, I, I can't get really a beat mm-hmm. of what's going on. So before Enneagram, that's what I said, man, I, I just feel like I can really, you know, really understand people, read people, figure out what's going on. Kind of, there's a puzzle. I can put it together. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while you can't, you can't read it. So maybe now is that Enneagram, you know, saying, Oh yeah, I'm an eight. It's just, yeah, there's just gut feeling. Sometimes you can't really explain it. And even like with Vanessa, you know, when, you know, with our friends or we go out with folks, I just say, Hey, I'm, I'm probably not getting any closer to those folks. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, why? I'd be like, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. It's just something, There's something just, going on, just something going on. And mm-hmm. we're good. We'll hang out every once in a while, but I don't think we need to hang out with them. You could be acquainted. You're not going to be like their enemy. That's you yeah, no, 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 but no. they're not going to be close. That's right. And I can't always explain it, but there's just something in me that's going Gotcha. This is this is where the distance we need to be. Mm-hmm. This is good. Well, I think that's good. Thanks for, for, for sharing. I think that gives us a good kind of overall picture. I would love to start going into this, the, the instincts mm-hmm. that will lead us towards, you know, the different subtypes. 
Uh, do you want to give us kind of an overview of all three? Yeah. First? Yeah. Yeah. Let me give you just a quick overview and then we'll dive into the um, self-preservation one first and then we'll pause in between each one and just say, Hey, how does this sit with you? Um, you know, do you resonate with any of it? None of it, where are you at? And mm-hmm. then anything you want to add. So, um, really the, the big picture is the, uh, Enneagram eights, they, the self-preservation, they want to assert their strength to get what they want. They have this clear picture of what they want and they will do anything they need to do to get that thing. Um, the, so the social aids, they assert their strength on behalf of other people. They don't need to be as in control as the other two eights in from an upfront standpoint. They're more okay leading from the middle or in, in the context of a group. Um, and then the, uh, one-to-one eights, they assert their strengths to capture a crowd. They, they, the, one of the words that is used to describe the one-to-one eights is this possession. They, they try to almost possess this, like gather these people around so that they know that they have this influence and this control. Mm -hmm. So that's really quick overview. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll dive into the self-preservation. Here's a couple of things you need to know about the self-preservation eight. And the first thing is, um, they have, they know what their needs are and they will satisfy those needs. And so they have a, like a strong desire, uh, to, for the satisfaction of material needs and an intolerance of frustration. And they have a hard time being patient when it comes to not getting their needs or their desires met. Uh, and this intolerance creates a ruthlessness about going after what they want and finding ways to get around people who might stand in their way. Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> is this Amanda? This is Amanda. Okay, we, we, are you? Well, we, right. Are we there yet? This, I don't even know which one Amanda is, but this is Amanda, right? <laughs> well, we'll we'll find I out here in a moment. This is it. Yes. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Why? Okay. I mean, why do you? Why are you imposing your opinion? No, on he's my being fitness. assertive right now. He didn't say he's this was assertive. you, but I, yeah. But something about it just was like, oh, yeah. this must be Amanda. Uh-huh. Something about it made you want to say, stop right there. That's her. But then you're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Well, I don't know if this keep next going. sentence is going to help. Help, help out. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, keep going. This is uh, so fun. So uh, as a part of this, like these idea, this needs of being <laughs> satisfied, um, they have the, a feeling of omnipotence. Um, this like powerfulness and they're very, very direct, very powerful presence, um, really a pillar of strength for other people. And people feel this, like they can go to this person and feel safe and feel cared for by them. Um, very, very strong. And they're, but they're willing to also go against whatever they need to, in order to get their needs met. Um, so the second thing is they hold their cards very close to their chest, uh, meaning that they don't feel the need that they have to share everything with every one. That's a, trying to keep people at arm's length, keep people at a distance. Um, and they don't feel like they have to explain themselves very free, very much either. Mm-hmm. Um, they can just be direct with the thing <laughs> and then move on to the That's next. That's being bad. That's being bad. <laughs> So what was that last sentence? Say it again. Uh, well, n- no, they, so they are really the least expressive of the eights and they don't have to talk much or want to reveal very much. Yeah. Um, 
Do you have something to say? That's <laughs> good. I just affirming. Okay. okay. You're doing a good job. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> the last, last thing you need to know about self-preservation eights is they have a very independent strength uh, about them. And they are survivors who communicate strength without feeling the need to explain themselves and in their need to be strong, to meet their needs. They may uh, devalue feelings and may not be aware of the damage that, that causes to other people. Um, they're very strong, powerful, direct, productive, and uh, but at the same time may generate a dependency from other people because they're as they acu- as people gravitate towards them in their strength, um, they people can rely on them too much for that to accomplish what they need to accomplish as well. Um, and so on, and then they're also excellent negotiators. Um, they know how to, again, because they're seeking to using their strength to get what they want. They know how to negotiate, uh, very well with people. One of my okay. favorite things to do is barter when I'm in, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> You're good at that, it. In Kenya. in Kenya. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When just, we go on a trip, yeah. m- people will be like, hey, oh, I man, mean, I hate, will, will I hate you that so much. barter for me? And I'm like, yes, game on. Here we yeah. go. So, so much so. Because it's, it's, is it kind of a game? That's what it feels I lo- like? I love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it's fun. I sure. enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So much so that this time when we were in Kenya, um, we're at this place and we're, we're bartering. And uh, D, my husband, walks up to me at one point and he said, Amanda, they need to eat too. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, you're not wrong. Touche. But you're like, you're going to pay me. <laughs> Wasting my time. He's like, that's, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You've gone far enough. Mm-hmm. He's you like, giving them money. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. She's like, money. I got such a good deal. He's <laughs> like, I paid all the rest. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So, so yeah. what, the, all the things that Mitch just said, you, you, you a minute ago said, I am a self prez. So, yeah, because Matt interrupted the conversation to make sure that everyone knew <laughs> mm-hmm. that I was a self I was trying not to, but so I, I just thought I would confirm. No, I mean, very little of that is not true about me. And I don't even know what part of it would be not true. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's all true, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so far, I mean, that's what f- that sounds really oh, strong. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I that- do like to negotiate. I do. I will figure out a way to get my way. I... What are all of the, the other the things? The holding the cards close to the chest, not having to, you, like, I don't need to explain myself to anybody mm-hmm. in, or give long explanations for anything. No, I, I don't do. want to give them and I don't want to hear them either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I can resonate with all of it. Um, also, I mean, um, I think there's a piece in there about, that's interesting about people kind of like coming to me like for strength or whatever for them yeah, to go out yeah, and do no, you're really like it's a, this pillar of strength to do that's interesting because i think what sometimes could be seen as like micromanaging and matt will give me a bad time about this about people coming to my office all the time showing up at my door it's a lot and i'm like that's probably that mm-hmm. i don't know that i i have recognized that until now but potentially mm. Yeah. Creating that, not creating a it's, micromanaging. It's, it's, creating it's unintentional, that. Yeah, but they, you've created this dependency because of the strength and you, people recognize that you know what you want and you want it done a certain way. And so it almost can create this like, oh, 
maybe I can't do it my way because I have to make sure it's done this way or I'm going to have to redo it. <laughs> mm, interesting. Potentially. Mm-hmm. I think Amanda works at like a, a closer distance than I do mm. with people. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I just, I think that's one of the differences. I think people have even worked with both of us. Mm-hmm. Would If you're like, hey, they're both eights. I think they'd be like, yeah, I get it but you're very different. Yeah. I think that's one of the big differentiators between us of just, I'm, I'm all right back here, but there is a closeness Mm -hmm. and yeah, you just sit. Uh, Although it's gotten a lot better. I mean, it would, I would joke like you have to shut the door in a man's office. You're not gonna be able to meet because Mm -hmm. within 30 minutes, there's five people poking in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's driving me crazy. So, and there's strengths and weaknesses with that. We already said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would imagine there's some people, some personalities that would love that, and some that would rather work with you. You know what I mean? Because it's like Matt's just gonna like leave me alone more. Yeah. Um, but then also there's there's ways that we can grow within that. Yeah. So I mean, I can be so hands off that my people begin to think I don't care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I've I've done some, and I'm like, no, I I try my trust in you is so high. I don't feel like I need to check in. It's, it's more the of funny. that micro, that macro micro. Like if you're not doing it, then I'm in your business. To, that's yeah. what I've said. They're like, yeah. oh, you don't care if I do a good job. And I'd say, well, if you don't do a good job, you're going to see me a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like that's the balance in my, like, that's how, you know, mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, I'm rewarding you. You don't have to see mm-hmm. me. I trust you. Go do it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would argue too, the pace at which we sit with people though is different. Like Matt might not have as many, like he's not interacting. They're wondering if he cares, but I think when Matt is sitting with them and I'm, maybe you don't agree, but I think he's more in the conversation, sitting with them better. I may be having more interaction, but I want those interactions to be like quick, get in, get out, say what you got to say, go about your business. Like, Mm, um, so I think we interact, it's different. (laughs) Amanda's over there like juggling <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, Matt, I want to see you, that by the way. Did you resonate with any of those things? Did you like with me? Yeah. Not so much, but one of the things I do want to point out to what the reason why I started laughing because the second sentence a brother said right here was something about uh, like possessions or something. Material. Building, building materials, a, oh, material, yeah. or what, what, what was that? Oh, something uh, yeah, about like a strong desire for the satisfaction of material needs yes. and an intolerance of frustration. And I do pick on Amanda a lot on that because she doesn't think that is true probably about her. So I, I like to pick on that. And I just love that was the second sentence. It, mm-hmm. a, a I don't know that that is all, true about me. He just... <laughs> all, <laughs> so self-preservation in general... <laughs> cares about it's this like safety and security yeah and so for some types it is it goes more towards possessions and things that help you feel more secure in mm. who you are interesting you think i care about things more than i care <laughs> okay about things. but We're also have an argument let's let's this, put this in a perspective let's do amanda you like i think if you walk <laughs> in with a new pair of shoes matt's gonna be like must be nice got a new pair of shoes because we all know Matt would also wear the same shoes for six years and they're falling off. Yeah. They're falling to pee. You it's, know what I mean? So I've had people in our church give us money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, do you buy need some, some money shoes. for shoes? I'm like, I got money. I just don't want to buy shoes. Yeah. 
I, we, we are totally opposite in that. Yeah. In that, I think in that regard. And it's not just she got a new pair of shoes, Nick. It's that every day it's a new pair of shoes. Okay, it's the regularity of it okay. that draws attention. Mm-hmm. It's not like once every six months. Mm-hmm. It's like every Monday. Well, I think you know, some like, people would hear that and be like, you're only allowed to get one pair of shoes every six months? Right. Like In my units. world, yes. Exactly. I, in my exactly. world, it makes sense. I yeah. need, I, I'm wearing a new shirt today that I've had. It looks really good. Um, I mean, when I get new clothes, though, people are like, whoa, because I wear the same <laughs> shirt for five years. I mean, Amanda, yeah. uh-huh. will, or, uh, Amanda will like say, don't wear that shirt anymore and yeah, I, I, I don't want you to wear that shirt ever again and yeah. we all know what mm-hmm. shirt it yeah, is that is I it, has it been about. multiple oh yeah it's yes, a couple yeah. shirts over the years <laughs> mm-hmm. so i mean it, i do like shoes <laughs> I, it's, I okay. it's okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can like shoes yeah. and then the frustration thing what's the sentence about frustration um so that i have the, a low tolerance for frustration. low tolerance of frustration yeah. um and it uh yeah, it can be incredibly frustrating. So you just find a way around or through people if they're... <laughs> sounds if, so bad. <laughs> All of this sounds like around. I'm a Don't terrible... Tell me. <laughs> you go tell me it's a little, do, it's a little slanted right now. It's it a little is. slanted. Yeah. Uh-huh. It sounds I know what like, I want. I'm going to do what I want. However I want. Listen, without Jesus... With my new shoes. Oh, yeah. For sure. I Yes. I mean, we can talk about that later at some point. But it is interesting because just the who the core of who you are, yes... And insert no Holy Spirit, no Jesus, no growth. And it's like, I am a terrible human. Yeah. Mm. And then I felt that way when we were talking about self-pres sixes, which yeah. I identify with. I was like, this is, can we, can we stop this yes. recording? I don't want to talk about this. You, you know, I feel like that's been kind of the theme. I mean, even mm-hmm. Becky's like fives. Uh, you know, why would anyone want to hang around a five <laughs> after talking, after we were you know, uh-huh. going through this? Like, and she, a, just to clarify, she is a five. My wife is a five. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But she, yeah. I didn't want, she, I didn't want <laughs> oh, people to think yeah. I listened to that episode and I hate fives. <laughs> yeah. She, she's a five. Yeah, Sorry, I love, keep going. I love fives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, but it, I think it's just kind of this theme yes. through all of these yes. is like, you hear this like, oh my gosh, that is, that's tough. Mm-hmm. But, but again, I've grown to appreciate who I am too. Yes. I do want to say that because even though I listen to this and I'm like, gosh, there's some really hard things in there. There are things that I'm like, no, that, that does make me who I am. Does make me a good leader. Does make me does. have the ability to function yes. well in life. So and I don't know to be where the, I am today. One of the last thing, one of the things I read recently too, was when there's a, a self-pres female eight, um, they're actually tend to be warm and friendly also, hmm. which is interesting. <laughs> no, I see that. I absolutely yeah. see that. Yeah. Sorry, Matt made a face. So <laughs> you don't think I'm warm and friendly? You guys are just, you, you're, you, you have it in for each other today. I wouldn't we've use been the in, word. We've been in meetings I wouldn't all use morning the word together. Warm. <laughs> I would. I would. I would I say mean, this. I think most people in yes. our, um, just at, at my campus, mm-hmm would say, yes, Amanda is warm and friendly. Yes. Now, people who know me well, i.e. you that I work with every day, you probably would not say Amanda is warm. May, like you're all like, nope, we're no. not saying that. No. Um, I mean. I think, I mean, I, I, would, so. I would describe you as warm and friendly, actually. I would too. Maybe not warm and fuzzy, they're but warm and friendly. <laughs> <laughs> they're, saying, they're saying that because they're scared of me. <laughs> okay, let, we got to yeah, keep going. Should. That's why Move they're on. saying that. Move we got to keep Move going. On. Yeah. So, I get, hey, hey. I get it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't know what camera shot 
Katie was on just then. Matt's giving a lot of winks. <laughs> a lot of winks right now. Hey, let's let's move on to what let's yeah. move on to what Matt is. Oh, okay. So yes. I don't I don't know if this is it, but we're going to move on to the social. And most likely, eight. there's going to be a couple of these that you guys identify. Sure. With. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In, in the past episodes, we talked about stacking, and you have one primary instinct that you, you know work out of and then one you probably swing to and then one that is probably underutilized um, mm. and, and not you don't resonate with it at all yeah um so the social eight um this subtype likes to assert them assert their strengths on behalf of others and a couple of things you need to know they are very much for social justice um they take on the role of like savior and protector to fight against um, any kind of injustice that they see, they don't, if, if there's an abuse and authority, they are quick to jump in on that and to take charge. Um, they're very sensitive to injustice and bullying. Um, they'll stand up for the underdog and fight as much as they can for, for other people. Uh, another thing you need to know is they have a much more cooperative style of leadership than the other two eights. This is also the, I didn't mention this, but this is the counter type. So this is the the eighth that's actually um, not trying to grab as much power for themselves, but they're trying to utilize their power on behalf of other people. So, um, so they're very much more, much more cooperative style of leadership, finding positive solutions and being open to uh, feedback. They channel their aggressive energy towards serving and protecting others rather than themselves. Uh, And they're really genuinely interested in the welfare of other people. Um, they're typically more mellower and less angry or aggressive eights um, and can and sometimes look a, almost like a two mm. and be confused with the two. Um, then the last thing you need to know about the social eight is they, the, they have power in a group. Um, they like the power of a group offers and they don't need to beat necessarily be the leader. However, they tend to have a more difficult time with individual relationships because they like the group dynamic and the social feel, um, uh, of the group and Mm. find that power in there. So those are some things you need to know about the social eight. So how does that one fit? I do not like the group dynamic. Um, so I don't resonate that with that at all. <laughs> that's not. That's, the, like, that's <laughs> the thing he picks out. I do not like, like the, the group, group dynamic. dynamic. Yeah. No, it's like, hey, we're going to hang out. Who's who's there is a big deal to me. <clears throat> so that idea is not uh, energetic at all. You don't want to do a like a group think type of a a meeting where it's like we're going to hash this out and decide together. That's not really what you're talking together. about. You're talking about like when you're hanging out socially with someone. Yeah, social aspect. I don't mind so much in a leadership context to. I, I kind of enjoy that a little gotcha. bit, but again, I know all those people, but they don't have to. So this one, they don't have to be the leader. They're more yeah. okay leading from within the context of a larger group. Yeah. I might be okay with that. Maybe. And what do you think? No. Okay, great. I don't I think, think either the, one yeah. of our social, I, I mean, I don't resonate at all except for there's a, a social bit of the justice, the, the justice piece. piece. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's easy for me to get in on things like Kenya and be like, man, I, I'm going to go, fight for this Mm -hmm. rah rah and get people engaged with it because you know this isn't right Mm -hmm. kind of a vibe so i can but that's a little bit of an an eight overall quality right yeah Yeah. the the eight overall really cares about justice just in general Mm -hmm. um but i mean it's almost like another level it's not about i'm gonna exert my power um you know 
as me for these people. It's like, no, it's all for these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit different nuance. Mm-hmm. With that. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about this a ton, but uh, my wife is most likely an eight. And then when I hear you describe it, it's like, uh, there's a lot of that social mm. subtype that, that sounds like Amanda, my Amanda. Um, and even she has the same group of friends when we visit California, the same group of friends that she will hang out with, get all the families together. She's known some of these people since, I don't know, second grade, third mm. grade, as far as keeping that group together. There, there's, that's just one of the examples. Yeah. Um, that sounds really, really, it, it, it rings true. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Like move on, yeah, I to the wanna. to the next set of friends. I don't mean that as a critique. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I probably have a little bit more in this one than the first one. I feel like the first one I'm really far from. Okay, mm-hmm. Amanda, maybe a little bit here. You know, if yeah. you're talking about the stacking thing, but not a lot either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I'm probably just normal, <laughs> justice oriented normal as an level age. of justice <laughs> yeah not like hey. what's normal <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we just talk about this yeah. 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 yeah normal justice yeah i'm not like over the top that's where yeah. i'm leading from kind of yeah, a thing I, I mean i care about it and when it comes up if i see it i mean i'll speak up against it for sure yeah mm-hmm. care about what's fair what's just for people but not that intensely yeah but there's an interesting thing about the self-prez um that you're talking about they can, what, I was trying, did I write this? I wrote a lot of notes. I don't think I wrote this one down, but you're talking about that pillar of strength for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they can gather around that and that eight, that person, and get strength from that person. Mm-hmm. How is that different than the social? That element of the self-prez. It, it's more of an, a, a, it's more of a, hey, I am strong versus, and you should follow me because I'm strong mm-hmm. and I know where I'm going. Um, versus a, I'm strong for you. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. strong for you. I'm strong for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not just strong for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm strong for you. Gotcha. And that's the, that's a big difference is that both that, and that's really why it's the counter type is because mm-hmm. it's not the strengths for themselves. It's the strengths for others. Mm-hmm. What were you saying that? I wish you could be strong. For me, sometimes. <laughs> oh, I am. Just for you. Just for you. But. Okay, here's another example for, about my wife. Um, her mom, my mother-in-law, has had to have lots of surgeries, mm-hmm. knee replacement, you know, shoulders, like all just different kinds of surgeries. And when she was in middle school and high school, she, Amanda would always stay home from school to take care of mom. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about like they can look like twos at times, but it was this like. My mom is vulnerable and needs help and I will, you know, not do all these things and I'm going to be strong for her. Those, those are, cause you guys don't identify as that social. These are the things that I'm thinking well, they, of. They can, uh, in, in that, again, in that pursuit of other and helping other people, yeah. they can neglect themselves and the care for themselves yeah, I can see that, and yeah. put themselves aside for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I could see, it's like my mom, well, I was in college at that time, but my, you know, if my mom had to be at home because of a surgery or something like that. I'd just be like, of course I'm not going to stay home from school. That's not my job. You know what I mean? Like uh, I think other personalities would be like, I wouldn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But the, the social eight might be like, no, no, no. I'm going to bend over backwards to fight for people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Gotcha. All right. I want to keep going since you guys are like, no, nope, I'm not social at all. Yeah. Let's get to the best one. <laughs> Ooh, let's, let's have some fun with this. Oh, wow. Please wow. Let's yeah. 
Okay. Well, Amanda, feel free to interrupt. Oh, if, I will. If you would like thank, to. Thank you for that. Talk. Let the man talk for Thank a you second. for that permission, know. though, but not needed. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Are you nervous? Mitch? <laughs> I'm just getting really small. Now, guys, huh? Okay, Whatever you no. guys want. Hey, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. Do five push-ups and you'll look good. <laughs> let's do this. All right. All day. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we ready? Are you ready? ready? Are we recording? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I hope so. Um, okay. So this is the the one-to-one eight. They really assert their strength in a very charismatic, um, charming way to in for the purpose What's of capturing... <laughs> A lot of impressions going on right now. <laughs> yep, to capture uh-huh. the crowd. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so a couple things we need to know. They uh, are more risk-taking and rebellious of uh, of all the eights. They like the adventure. Matt, you mentioned adventure a little bit ago as well. But they're most outspoken, rebellious. They like to be seen as as bad or at least don't care if people see them Funny, them as funny, funny guy <laughs> over here. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. bad. I'm <laughs> bad. There's you a, know it. Oh, you got uh, those lyrics right. <laughs> usually you don't. I know. Usually I don't. And and they t- tend not to feel guilt over rebellious things they do, or if they say something, it's just like, yeah, that's what it is. Um, I should feel bad though. And, <laughs> <laughs> they seek adventure, risks, challenges. Uh, they don't mind adrenaline rush. Um, they like that. They, it makes them feel strong and powerful. Um, next thing, they are very passionate. They're passionate uh, about forward movement, which makes them particularly intolerant of weakness and dependence and slow people. Um, Although... Matt walks slower than any human I know, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> That's the one thing that you're like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> They're fast walkers. Yeah. There Keep. might be other types of slowness. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, while, while they uh, may be intelligent, they express action and passion more than uh, contemplation in the things they do. It's this more of like, I just know, I don't need to think about this. Here's, here's what we need to do. This is obviously, and they get very passionate about those things. Um, the next thing you need to know about self-pres eights is there can be very possessive. Um, what I mean by that is this like capturing the crowd, this possessive of, uh, of the crowd. They like to feel their power by possessing everyone's attention and they can, they can give off a vibe that the world begins when they show up like, Hey, I'm here now. We can actually get started. Okay. Okay. Yes. And when people don't laugh at your jokes, then, <laughs> then what? Then you're like, these uh, people don't know what's funny. Uh-huh. These yeah. people are yeah. dumb. I'm never coming back here again. Cause these people are dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please, read, but, please read the last sentence again. It's just enjoyable to my ears. Um, they give off the vibe that the world begins when they show up. Thank you. <laughs> Wish I could show up in Amanda's new cars. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, nice. this is going downhill quick. This is going downhill quick. Uh, they, the one, one to one eights, they 
collect a small group of people, of trusted people around them, um, and they can be very loyal, loyal and reliable, protective of their friends. Um, others readily give their power to them uh, and because they're trying to seek approval and acceptance and a sense of security because they think, man, this person can keep me safe. Um, however, their presence may also be so strong in a relationship that they become dominant or make other people dependent on them as well. Um, and this is, this is interesting, uh, uh, about the one to one eights. They are unlikely to admit that on some level they seek a true equal in power and strength. Um, someone that can give them guidance, protection, and challenge that they give to other people. They're like, Hey, I want somebody else who can actually rival my strength. Um, because then that's like, Oh, I don't have to be the one who's done, who's doing this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just got me thinking, wondering of like, if that is somewhat of the dynamic with you guys as well. So mm. I can that, totally that relate to that. I don't know if that sounds like me <laughs> for real. Uh huh. That's okay. why eights, no, this that's is- like when you find somebody you can go toe to toe with, that's like mm-hmm. enjoyable. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to work so hard. You're like, sometimes you feel like I can beat you without trying cause you're weak. Whereas Matt, I'm like, no, I got to play the game a little harder. <laughs> mm. For real. It's mm-hmm. like, he's going to go toe-to-toe with me, mm. and it makes you work a little harder, which mm-hmm. as an eight, I don't you, know. There's something it, about It's the challenge, that. though. It's a, yeah. it's a challenge, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you finish the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's it. Same. So I'm curious, in all seriousness, mm-hmm. uh, how does that sit with you? Yeah, for sure. I, in uh, in using different words, I would say I, I feel the the best used or I can use my gifts the best in the context of leadership. I'd be like, Hey, just put me in, in the room with those people. And I just feel like I can inspire or just woo or vision cast in such way to go, Hey, we all need to go over here. And I like, I would much rather do that than write an email. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. feel like, let's get in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, you know, we can figure this out kind of a thing. So yeah, I mean, that definitely resonates with me. I think the small, yeah, I mean, just relationships, friendships. I don't have many, mm. um, and very, very small niche. I think there's this thing in me, like sometimes I don't know if this is an, this might just be a general eight thing, but I think, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe maybe I'm just too much for people, and mm. um, and so because of that, very guard in the sense of, I mean, I hate vulnerability to begin with. Mm-hmm. But there's just a level of closeness. I just don't let many people get close. In fact, I, you talk about the, you know, like even Amanda and I, there is a sense in the eight, we've talked about this before, like mm-hmm. as people get close, it's almost like something in me that goes, I'm going to see if I can push them away. And if I can, that would be considered a weakness. So mm-hmm. we're not going to be friends, you know? So if you can push them away, it's like, why well, didn't need them anyway? Right. Yeah. Or they just, I would be too much for them, or they just wouldn't be able to hang. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why some people would label us maybe as an eight-hole. You know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. we can come across aggressive and loud. Some of that is actually just a defense mechanism. And so, yeah, when somebody, when you can, like, really, you know, potentially try to push someone away, and they're like, you good? And it's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, because most people would have left a long time ago. So Mm -hmm. I think there is something there, but... Again, just because of that, it's a, there's just not many people that I would feel comfortable allowing to be close. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because I don't want to apologize 50 times every day, too. Right. You know what I mean? It's just oh. that deal like, hey, if, we're, if you're just going to, you know, cry every time, then. At that point, you'd be like, this isn't a good fit yeah, for either, not, either it, of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so I think that just leads to a place where you just, yeah, you got a few really close friends. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, does any of that resonate with you? Mm-hmm. The so I don't really re- relate to the social, but the one-to-one, there's pockets of it. I mean, I think Matt put it better. It's not just about beating the people that that's weak. It's just like, um, yeah, you, you try to push people away. I can resonate with that. Um, I mean, I think somebody has asked before, like, who's in your circle? And I think my response was no one, which isn't true, but my circle's small for mm-hmm. sure. I don't, yeah. I think you don't let a lot of people in that space for multiple reasons. I mean, kind of like Matt said, you can live in that space of like, I'm a lot. Can people handle this? Slash you have to maybe behave if you get too many people in that circle. So the circle of people that I'm just me can be fully me um, without apologizing or have to compensate for maybe who I am is probably pretty small. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but I would look at you from the outside and be like, you have tons of friends. You have tons of connections. Would you say majority of those people probably uh, you have helped them or you have been strong for them at some point? You're like, that's that's where that relationship is based on? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally comfortable with that. I yeah. mean, um, one of my favorite things to do is like, I'm great to take this person and this person and connect those mm-hmm. people. And then I'm like, see you later. Yeah. Peace out. I'm on to the next thing or people or whatever. Not yeah. on to the next thing and like a next relationship for me. Just I'm like, great. Those two people connected, did something for you. See you later. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's using your like power connection or you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I know. I know a lot of people so I can connect mm-hmm. people and then I don't have to do the relational part. I'm basically connecting them relationally so that I can tap out, which sounds terrible yeah. on this podcast. But, <laughs> but. but. Um, when we, when you're talking about that self-preservation side, that might be a way that you are protecting yourself and making sure Mm -hmm. your needs get met. If you guys, if I can connect you two, then you can help each other and I can, I can be out. Now I still have more energy to go do the things I need to do. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Hmm. I love to connect people. Yeah. Uh, And you're excellent at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I would love to talk about, we, we got into some of the, the ugly side that, you know, probably feels terrible to talk about. It just does. Mm-hmm. We joked for weeks. It's like, I can't wait to talk about myself and the sixes. <laughs> as soon as the episode got here, I was like, I don't like this at mm-hmm. all. Um, but let's talk about growth because you guys have, uh, you, you've worked hard specifically in the Enneagram and outside the Enneagram to be a healthier person. I'm curious, uh, what... What are some central things that you've had to be intentional about in order to be a healthier person? Well, in the context of leadership, I think for me, it's a pace issue, a slowing down issue, and not in my frustration, maybe even potentially in a meeting that it's not going where it needs to go. Or for me, you know, in my mind, this is so simple. And we're going to be in this room and talk for an hour and still not make a decision. I think it's to play to lead in that room in a way that people will still hear you. And I think early on in leadership, made a lot of mistakes, just getting loud and frustrated. And there's still moments of that, but it's mm-hmm. just that pace issue and slowing down, making sure people know I care about them 
because I do care. That mm. that was one of the things that dinged me pretty hard. Even just a couple of years ago, I had people on my team asking, like, do you care about me? It's like, yes, I do. You know, what, what happened here that, that you don't think I care about you? Mm. And so it's just really slowing down, being present. And, um, and sometimes that pace is so slow, it is a little painful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not everyone's going to go at my pace. And so mm. just to realize that was, yeah, really big really big for me and um and a lot of follow-ups for me especially in conversations that are tension filled <clears throat> i have these, these these are true stories but i've walked out of meetings here at rocky and thought that was that was awesome we got some stuff done only to find out there was like someone crying in the corner afterwards and i'm like what like i how? thought that was yeah, a great that, meeting i thought it was the best mm-hmm. meeting ever so i'm just very i'm just i feel like i'm just more aware to follow up and want to make sure hey are we you good you know, because I just know my read is not always the right read. Mm-hmm. And I'm just maybe a, a little too direct sometimes, a mm-hmm. little, little too forward, a little too quick. And it comes across as a negative thing when for me, I'm feeling awesome. You know, mm-hmm. we're taking ground, we're making decisions and people are not really feeling heard or cared for. So I know I can get there, but I've, I've tried to work on that mm-hmm. and slow down. That's good. Yeah. So what would you add, Amanda? Um, I mean, believe it or not, working hard on that. I don't have to say every single thing that I think in the moment. I say a lot, but, um, learning to pause for the right time and the right way. Um, I think trying to listen better, be curious, um, spending more time with people instead of being so fast paced, right? Mm -hmm. Mitch, Mm -hmm. like, um, we've had this conversation. There's, um, times that I get annoyed by like some of the details that people are talking about that I feel like maybe aren't moving anything forward. They're just telling me about their life and I can get bored with that. So, uh, just through chatting with Mitch, he's like, Hey, instead of doing this in this environment that is like work oriented, like actually pause and go engage in a different way. And so I'll go like out to the table at lunch now and be yeah, like, just come stand around. <laughs> uh, what's up? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. tell me things that don't matter, <laughs> but I have to remove myself out of like that work mode, work environment, out of that pace of going, going, going. Um, we joke that one day Mitch, you know, walked by and was like giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> Now I did have to be like, what are you giving me thumbs up for? (laughs) Good job, little buddy. (laughs) Yep. I'm like, you're really doing it. (laughs) Because you were slowing down and And, and hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was just out listening to their stories, hanging out at the table. Um, I did it again a couple days ago. Just trying to grow in that. Like, it's okay to just stop and talk about nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So. I want to get back to growth. So in a moment, because it's not nothing. That's what I. And that's I, what I want to talk about. And I and I think and I think that's yeah. Go get and it. I think that's the the reframing is that's the that's the hard work. Um, uh huh. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's there something, and it's yeah. It's a yeah, big yeah. deal for sure. So this is uh, I I chatted with Mitch briefly before you guys got here because I realize I have a bone to pick about eights, and it's both with eights and it's both. About eight. This is, this is, you ready? Well, you're married to one. I feel like. I'm married to one. I'm married to one. So I work with two. Yeah. And I'm married to one. Mm -hmm. I'm around a lot of eights. But I think any, any time the conversation about the Enneagram eight comes up, 
people, it's easier for people to kind of chuckle about the shadow side of an eight. It's this, this vibe of, well, that's just who I am. You know, it's this vibe of that's just who they are, but we love it. And I, I think a lot of it is based on our society. We love strength, right? I mean, we just, it, it's this idea of like might is right kind of a thing. Like as long as you get the, the ends justify the means. It's these, these are phrases just pulled from our, our popular culture. Mm. And I think, um, I think it's so easy to hide in that shadow. Mm. And then I think the risk is you don't grow. You just pivot. You're just constantly just pivoting either to a new environment, new, new situation. And I think it comes out and I'm picking on you. I mean, he just said it, but it's like, or but actually both of the things you said, I didn't say anything, dude. I need to go at a slower pace. (laughs) That what's the, what's, what's in there is my pace is still right. My pace is still the best. I just have to slow down because you guys can't keep up. I'm picking on you. Yeah. But that, you know, I would say differently, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Or it's like, you're wrong. Exactly. Exactly. I need to be less right for them in order to grow. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that is, that's the bone that I have to pick with eights. I don't think in the moment though, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. I think what I'm thinking is like, if I'm sitting with somebody on my team, I, I want to care for you. Well, I want to lead you well. And I think the realization is it's not, not everybody's going to go at my pace. In my mind, I'm not dinging you for that um, because you're not me. And I, now I think early on, like way early on, like mid twenties, I would ding you for that. Mm-hmm. Like my way is the best way. And then you quickly realize that's the beauty of the Enneagram. You quickly realize, dude, we're better when we're all, when we're all here, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're all bringing something to the table. I think now it's going, I, d- I want to serve you well. And I want to make sure that you know that I care for you. Yeah. I care about you. And it's not a trick. Like, I'm, I'm better than you, so I'll slow down to your pace. It's mm-hmm. going, now I want to serve you well. And I just know there's just certain conversations here that if I just naturally led them how I would normally lead them, it's not going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. So it's maybe just a self-awareness of the environment. I think there are certain environments we play really well in. And... You know, we, I, I teach from the stage. I think a lot of who I am plays well from the stage. Mm-hmm. I've been in meetings before, and then there's other places that don't play well. Mm-hmm. You don't want me as a counselor. I know that. That's not where I play my best. You know what I mean? And uh, I've heard Sean say, even with meetings with people, you know, who might be a little frustrated, you know, with me or just, you know, certain things I've led where Sean will say, you know, it's funny. You love it when you see it from the stage. You don't love it when you see it in the room. Mm. Change has done it. And the person, you know, and that's not even necessary defense for me. It's just saying mm-hmm. there's certain things about Matt you really love, but you only love it in certain situations. Mm. It's almost the reverse of what you're saying. You'll really celebrate it when he's up there on stage. But in the room, you don't like it when he's direct. Mm-hmm. Right, you right. Don't, you don't like it when he's saying what he believes to be true. Yeah. You love it when he's preaching to the crowd. You don't like it when he's having coffee with you. So I think it's just for me, it's that, it's that lesson to go, man, my pace is not always the best pace. I'd, I definitely don't want to be a guy that's walking around a room going, yeah, I was an a-hole in that meeting, and that's good. Mm-hmm. I don't want that at all. Right. I want to walk out and go, I, I read the room well, and well, it was at a healthy I, pace. I think it's this vibe of like, okay, I spoke the truth, and maybe it was the wrong time, and I said it in the wrong way. I'm still right. You know, 
you know what I mean? It, I think there's, there's growth when you can say, you know, bottom line, it was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not hide behind that. And I feel like in our culture, that's what we celebrate. Was he wrong? Was she wrong? You yeah. know, no. But there I think, I, I think in other and healthier perspective, it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, you know we, what I mean? I mean, I've definitely had moments. I mean, walk, walk out of meetings and be like, you know, I may say, you didn't have to say that. You know, or vice versa. Yeah, we were good. And you're like, was I wrong? <laughs> yeah, we were. We were good. And it's like you didn't have to, you didn't have to say it like that, yeah. or your face said it, or that it's like mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But it is hard, I think, for us sometimes to. There is this passion. There is this this like you know this is right. This is right. Mm-hmm. And I think you know sometimes you. Ten years ago, though, if we walked out of a room and Matt was like, "Hey, you didn't need to say that." Or your face didn't need to say that. I would have been like, yeah, I did. Most of the time now I can say, you're right. Mm. I didn't need to say that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's there's a good balance there even <clears throat> for us. Just even this week, you know, she'll be like, what do you want to do with this? And she already knows I'm going to say the opposite. <laughs> and she'll poke fun at it. Like, oh, you're going to be soft. You're going to be this. And it's like, no, I just don't think that's worth it. Mm. I think we should just do this. Right. That's that justice piece inside of us. It's hard for us to let it go. And mm. I think what I've learned, especially since 2020 is not everything is worth dying for. Mm. And that's, that's tough for me sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's like, Matt, keep your mouth shut. This ain't worth it. There's moments it's worth it. Mm-hmm. There's moments you want an aid to come in and fight for that. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't want them to fight for everything. You know what I mean? It's like, that's exhausting. That's mm-hmm. too much. It's mm-hmm. too much. And I think that's where you got to figure out the line. And there's moments too, where I can feel myself getting worked up. And so I'm, and I'm thinking, this is not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's not right, but it's not worth me having to walk out of this room and then call up everybody and apologize mm-hmm. over what, you know, what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. It's not that significant. So, but that's the trap I think for us, like there's right and there's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and when it's wrong, we're going to tell you. Right. Right. And that's not always good. So. There is that. I mean, talking about like where that plays <laughs> off of, of leading together. I think he's talking about this week when I'm like, hey, I, I want to do this. And I, I'm like, that's it's the right thing to do. I also ne- know Matt as an eight's going to be. He's OK to tell me if it's the not not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of going to the person who's going to be like, mm-hmm. we can kind of be like, no, don't do yeah. that. That's dumb. Yeah. And I respect that quickly and I'm like yeah right we get to a decision quickly too by being that blunt and honest don't mm-hmm. have to play the game of of challenging it I guess you don't but have to explain it all it's no. just here it is boom bap, boom yeah mm-hmm. I, th- I think one of the things um, you know Sean our lead pastor he was on here for threes right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so threes you know more a politician I admire him so much I've seen him lead in the room in such a way yes. that I go I wish I could do that I mean we have funny stories around here where I've totally blown meetings because I'm just, I get to the truth too fast, too quick, too, too cold. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing blows up, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think there's moments he looks at me and he's like, dude, chill. Mm-hmm. Like we had it. The reverse is also true where sometimes he gets so, he says so much, he doesn't say anything at all. And mm-hmm. I'm leaning and going, they don't even know what you said. Yeah. And it's fun for, I love being in meetings with him in those kind of environments because he'll come out and be like, do you think they knew what I was saying? Mm. And I'll go, no, I don't. <laughs> okay. But what you just said about you in meetings in the past, um, I think is, is, is what I'm, is my point. And that is, I think sometimes with eights, it can be like, I am, I'm, I'm 
I can see things too clearly. I'm too correct. And I, I, I know too much and my pace is too fast. So I just got to slow down and, you know, whatever. As opposed to looking at it as, and I'm just making this up on the spot. So this yeah, might yeah. totally fall apart. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to looking at it as like salt. Like salt is one of the most important ingredients in any food, right? Uh, it would be stupid for a chef to be like, I added way too much salt and people just can't handle my salt. It's like, you ruined the dish. Mm-hmm. You ruined that food and it's ruined. And it's, you, let's just accept that it's ruined. You put too much salt. In those meetings, it wasn't like, um, I was right. And uh, they just couldn't handle it. Sean is able to step in and go, dude, you ruined that meeting. <laughs> yeah, you blew that one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's my point. Yeah. I think there's health in recognizing that it's not that I just have too much good yeah. and people can't handle it. It's like, no, you need to be able to temper that for the better yeah. for you and others. I think one of the things over time you you wrestle with in a healthy way to go is it you yeah, you you can see it, this is the right thing to do, blah, 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 whatever. But I want to get there without a bunch of dead bodies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I want to get there with with the team. Mm-hmm. And because I think <laughs> because if you if you eventually you, let's say you were right and you get there and you're like, I I was right, and you're the only one there. Yeah. That's not good either. Mm-hmm. And um and I think that's the challenge to go. And I think I'm I'm old enough now to go, I'm not always right. Mm-hmm. I just know that. Mm. I've I've had moments where I thought I was right and I was mm-hmm. wrong. So I see the beauty of other people on the team and listening when it's different than my, than maybe what I'm feeling is right. Yeah. And knowing there's been moments when I was wrong. Mm. And it's even hard to admit that. Um, and I would imagine that's an important piece to the growth process for an eight. It, oh, dude. It is, I mean, yeah. while seeing things from other people's perspectives is typically a challenge for an eight because it's like, I don't need to see it from your perspective because I already, it's that gut instinct of knowing what to do and then and then also the be not only recognizing oh i was wrong but then making it right with that person and that that's the next step that, that, mm. that goes in step. with that vulnerability piece um and i would say this too just in growth this is much more personal it falls into the the leadership aspect too but i mean you've been in rooms with me in in, in meetings it hasn't happened often where i've cried i mean those moments are few and far between Mm -hmm. to admit anything or to express emotion or feeling is, is happening just a handful of times. Mm -hmm. But I think you realize over, I have definitely over the years, you know, your depth of relationship with people is, is closely tied to your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's a learning deal too. Yeah. But I think it's easy to be cold when you're not vulnerable and there isn't a depth of relationship that doesn't play well. Mm -hmm if you're inviting people to be close and still be cold. And so I know it's been a big challenge for me in my own marriage with my own, I mean, I've got four girls, you know, learning to be vulnerable with them and have a depth of relationship that I'm not just dad mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, I'm that guy and this and this and this, but to actually engage with them and offer them a closer view. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things hurt dad too. That is so foreign to me. Yet I know it brings out healthy things. And to do that with my team and for people around here too, it, um, I think it helps with that coldness because the opposite of that would be like a dictator, mm-hmm. you know, or to lead out of people that are afraid. You know, I don't want people to be afraid of me. I don't, that's not a good thing. You know what I mean? Or that I have my pastor card and you just do what I tell you to do. I think those are the easy defaults for eights to get to. Mm. 
and I'd rather lead out of relationships and, and influence and mm-hmm. I'd rather not have to make people do certain things. Mm-hmm. So that's a good challenge for me to be like, hey, to have that depth requires some vulnerability, but I, I feel incredibly uncomfortable doing those things, but I've seen the benefit of it. I mean, and that's the, oh, another practice is like really this showing your human side you need to be human with other people and um, people are going through difficulties and challenges and not just being this like, Hey, I'm just going to be strong for you. But like, man, I've been there too. That sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, listening to people and just being there with people and sharing life together and allowing vulnerability to come out because, you know, one of the things we say, especially in groups is like vulnerability begets vulnerability. And when you're able to be vulnerable, that helps other people open up and share their stuff as well. Um, So, and I know it's hard, like positionally, you know, where you guys are at and then even Enneagram type, you know, there's a couple dings against that wanting to be or needing to be, but it's so important to be. Yeah. So um, we we are coming up on time. Uh, Mitch, is there anything else you would add to things to think about? heading towards growth as an Enneagram eight, or did you, did you hit it all? Yeah. I mean, I, I hit the, the major ones. Um, when we talk about the gospel, um, with the, with Enneagram eights, I mean, one thing, maybe this is another conversation for another time, but, um, how, like, how have you guys seen the gospel, um, impact your Enneagram type or soften it in your relationship with other people? Um, and just how, you know, Jesus has really worked on your life and your heart. I mean, that's why I made the comment I made earlier. I think Mm -hmm. it's like, um, yeah, you kind of are who you are through, you know, life circumstances. And I think, I mean, you develop some of this as an aid, I think from having to survive. That's my story. Just, you know, parents divorced, um, crazy childhood. So you kind Mm -hmm. of already go into that survival mode. And yeah, I mean, I think, uh, coming into a relationship with Jesus, I still, I say I lived the first part of that probably first four years of just kind of still in that I'm in control kind of a thing. Got cancer, very big realization that I'm actually not in control of anything. Um, and so that was, I mean, such a huge growth opportunity for me. Like I'm not in control of, um, my time of, um, what life looks like of taking my next breath. Um, yeah, you just, you have a big realization in that. And just even vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to learn to be vulnerable in that. Like God gave me that experience to share it with other people and in my own story. Like you don't share some of that and you you take away the credit he deserves for that. So it's just the power of the gospel. Like why does it exist if you're not going to share it and be vulnerable on a level with it? Mm-hmm. So that's been a big growth opportunity for me, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Would you say, Matt? Yeah, I think the gospel reminds me uh, I've not been called to be right. I've, I've mm. been called to be close. And and when I deliver truth or have conversations about truth, I want to do it in a way that I hopefully can still be heard. And so, yeah, it's almost like I'm much more sensitive about maybe my eightness with people who don't know Jesus than, than maybe even friends and family. But I, I feel a level of sensitivity like, man, I do not want this person to walk away from Jesus because of me. I want to bring them closer. And so I tend to just be a little bit more aware of what I'm saying and how I say it. In fact, I can, I tend to be probably very critical of 
you know, maybe naturally what I do, <laughs> um, but with people who, who don't know Jesus, and I'm just that guy going, hey, approach matters, approach mm-hmm. matters, approach matters, approach matters. It's not just about being right. You know, it's, and I'll use that, I'll say that, like, hey, when you're in a conversation, you're having maybe a tough one, I want that person to walk away and go, man, Matt didn't, doesn't agree with what I, well, what I think or what I said, but I know he loves me. Like, that's the goal, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just feel like that's, in my relationship with Jesus, that's what I'm the hook for. Yeah, I don't want to get up to heaven one day and he's like, dude, you were right, but no one would listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, I want to have, have influence I, mm. because I believe the gospel can change people's lives and I'm okay to sit in that place for a, a long, painful period of time. And not have to be like, well, let me tell you what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, maybe I should think about the gospel more in other places <laughs> as well. <laughs> but, that's, yeah. well. That's really good. I love that quote, that God didn't call you to be right. He called you to be close. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that, that, that Jesus calls us to that we can bring into our own life. But maybe that's a big one for eights. Or, you know, dealing with your sense of control. I mean, you, you, your cancer and that the whole experience showed you you're not in control of anything. God, mm-hmm. God's in control. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can live in a way that we're just in denial. And those moments can be eye-opening mm-hmm. for sure. I, I think it's very interesting. Um, you know, you, you mentioned you had cancer. We, when we talk about, I mean, we, we've had like early trauma in our lives, things like this where cancer or dad died. And there is something I think in AIDS that's like when we can, the trap would be like, we don't need you we can do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're strong. We're powerful. And that only gets you so far, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's the image you, you give off. And then somewhere along the way you realize, nope, that's, that's not it. That's not leading me to a place that. And it's funny. I, I would say, Nick, um, when I got cancer and I, w- I was like, you know, most people don't need something that big to knock them over the head and say, are you paying attention? Um, did you really give your life to me? You really mm-hmm. trust me? You're really giving mm-hmm. me control. I happen to need something that big yeah. to be like, are you paying attention? Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. And that was Good. literally going to be my encouragement to you guys is like finding those ways of not needing to be in control of everything and recognizing that God already has that control. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is the one in control. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big deal, big learning thing for, for eight. So. Oh yeah. And I mean, I don't think I always do it well, um, in a leadership position for sure. Um, I hope I'm always getting better, but I think relationally in my marriage, that's been a big thing. Like that's the one spot that I say, like, I don't cry very often, don't get emotional. Um, but have learned that it's okay for sure in that relationship. And yeah, D gets all the things. Um, I know lucky guy, right. Um, but it's very freeing to have mm-hmm. a spot that you can say, I can be 100% vulnerable um, with Jesus and with my husband. Mm. And I think I've gotten better, you know, with my kids of saying like, I'm wrong or even being emotional with them and being like, I have feelings too. And sometimes my feelings get hurt because <laughs> I was so tough with them growing yeah. up. I think mm-hmm. they're like, do you really have feelings? So um, anyway, I, I think getting to that spot in life for me has been a big deal. Like mm-hmm. I said, to say, you know, one of my, this is one of my favorite all time, but 
I, like 2019, 2020, <laughs> I was in quite a bit of counseling and just a lot of things going on in my life. And I sit with my counselor. And at one point, he just said, hey, I want to ask you a question. Where do feelings come from? And I said, I don't understand the question. <laughs> and I was just, for me, I'm just like, yeah, that's about it. And I don't want to spend, because feelings is vulnerability. Vulnerability is a weakness. And you just keep going mm-hmm. down that road. And eventually you learn, at least this has been my journey, you learn that vulnerability actually is the key. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it is so tough. Yeah, You know, it's so mm-hmm. tough. And every time, I still tell Vanessa, my wife, this, like, Every time I know I should be vulnerable, there's an inside voice going, don't do it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah. If you say it, they will not respect you. They will weaponize it. They'll use it against you. And it's never happened. Mm-hmm. But that voice still goes, don't do it. And you start wigging out and you start doing it. And so that's the exercise I feel like for, for me as an A is to keep coming back to that and go, no, I'm going to tell them. That hurt. That hurt. Mm. You know, that, that made me feel this or to spend some time in those feelings is not natural to do or maybe some other numbers wow they get there a little quicker yeah yeah well thank you guys the the hard work that you've done the hard lessons that you've you've learned being willing to be vulnerable being willing to be transparent is going to help people that are that are listening to this so thank you guys did a great job yeah it's good to be here do you You think that the eight's the best number In our, in, in our world right and now. And that's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> you think we're right in control, uh-huh. the best. Uh-huh. That's it. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Peace out, Carver. Nah. Absolutely. It all, nah. all came together. Uh, but thank you guys so much for watching and for listening. We are going to to wrap up our series. Can you believe it, Mitch? We're going to wrap up. I know, man. It's We've, you, you we've spent a it? lot of time together. We have. Nick. Mitch and I have gotten closer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's we, have. we have. We have. Because this, I mean, these conversations are deep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I ask you a lot of questions, Enneagram questions like <laughs> about myself. <laughs> I have to tell myself not to tell because I want to be like, <laughs> Uh, would an Enneagram say this? <laughs> would, you know, whatever. The fact that you're texting and asking. I, I, I keep it to a minimum. Okay. Yeah. Who's going to be on the nine job. with you? Uh, is it? We Matt, can say it. Uh, Matt McDonald and Nicole oh, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. And <laughs> you. So you've got. Oh, and me. Yeah. And, and so you've got three nines. So this, yes. Um, That's uh, a lot Three nines. Piece. We've only had one other episode with three sixes in the room. Yeah. It was three sixes. The conversation goes a little bit longer because there's three perspectives that we can actually pull from. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Hey, yeah. I kind of tell you something Matt McDonald will do. He's going to come in this room and he will, because he's a tall dude, but he's going to say something to the idea of like, hey, this this is not made for like a big person. That's okay. what he's going to say. I guarantee it. And when he does, just go, Matt, Cody said you were you. I love it. That. Yeah. I love it. Well, this is not, it's just not really this chair. This, I mean, that's his, that's his, that's whole, his go-to. That's his whole MO. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have a video of him on my phone right now imitating the way you walk and the way you run. <laughs> okay. So I can show you that after this. I freaking love it. Oh, <laughs> I can show you slow it's yeah, very yeah. slow I love uh-huh. hey i've been trying to wrap this episode up for about <laughs> up. five or ten wrap minutes uh, but love you guys thank you Thanks, share man. this with people around you and uh, make sure that that everyone that needs to hear this needs to watch this gets a chance to so love you guys and we'll catch you next time